Hello, beautiful people. My name is Zoe Gabrielle, and today is another wonderful episode of Beyond the Lines. I have a wonderful guest here with me, Jonica Hunt. Hi, how are you doing, Jonica? Good, how are you? I'm pretty good. So I know that we have just come back from a spooky holiday. It was fun. It was sugar-filled. How was your Halloween? It was pretty good, very busy. I had fun, though, so that's all that matters. What did you do for Halloween, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so I just went around Greenville downtown and spent some time with my friends and my roommate because I never really get to see her during the week. So it was really laid back and fun. Well, that is great. And I am so, so happy for you. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing what it is like being a Native American student, how it is from your perspective, what it's like in your communities, and how ECU has positively impacted you. We are going to jump right into the episode, so you know what that means. Don't touch that dial, get ready, get set for another episode of Beyond the Lines. Hello beautiful people and thank you so much for tuning in. Today is not any regular day, today is Friday, the best day of the week. And may I add, it is even better because I have a wonderful guest here today, Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Jonica. How's your day been so far? Well, it's Friday, so all the stress from the week has kind of taken a toll on me. So I was able to sleep in this morning, and I did have class, and now I'm here. So I'm super excited. And we are more than excited to have you here today. Now, to start off the episode, why don't we take it back to the beginning? And you give us a little insight on how attending ECU came about? So actually I was the only person from my graduating class to come to ECU and I'm actually still here and I do have a few friends who transferred in or came in after I did but ECU was always my number one school and only because of the medical uh, professions that they have here, medical majors. So I've always wanted to help out in the community, and I was able to find that here at ECU. Okay, did you tour, or did you have, like, family that went here as well? So, I actually toured here, and I fell in love with the campus as yeah. soon as I stepped on. It is undoubtedly true that ECU has such a beautiful campus, so it is no surprise that that was your selling point, and I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad to have you here. As I mentioned before, this episode is centered around Native students, their experiences, their communities, and the positive impact that ECU has had on them. Stating that, I would love to know more about you, Jonica, what nation or tribe that you belong to. I'm aware that there are more than 500 plus Native nations or tribes that are federally recognized by the United States. And if I'm completely honest, I feel like there are much more nations and tribes out there as well, too. Now, if you don't mind giving us a little bit more insight, which tribe or nation do you belong to? So I am actually a proud member of the Lumbee Tribe of North Carolina that is in Robinson County. Um, Our tribal building is actually in Pembroke, North Carolina. Pembroke is home of the University of North Carolina at Pembroke, and it was the first Native institution that was built for Natives, by Natives, and so I kind of, you know, always had that on, in mind. I wanted to stay, if I wanted to stay home, I always had that option, Yeah. but I just wanted to bring the Native life here to East Carolina, and I think I've 
done a pretty good job. I would say that you have done a pretty great job as well because our numbers in Native students are increasing and that's always a positive aspect. Now for Native students that may not know about ECU yet or are reluctant to transition to a school like ECU, what do you think is the main reason that they are so reluctant? I think that a lot of it kind of falls back on like um, tuition. Tuition at East, uh, ECU is completely different than tuition at UNCP, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of people do decide to stay home because you're saving money. You don't have to pay for mm-hmm. housing, don't have to pay for groceries. You got that $500 tuition, yeah. so you're kind of set for life. You got everything that you need right there at yeah. home. That makes a lot of sense, but I am glad that you were able to bring friends and family here because it's a great place to be. I, I do want to know, what's your favorite aspect of ECU? Um, so I think that the amount of leadership positions that I've had here, I really don't think I would have joined the sorority that I'm in, become the president of the organization that I'm a part of, mm-hmm. be on many executive boards. I just feel like I probably wouldn't have come out of my shell because I was, like I said, the only Native student from my graduating class at my high school to come here. So I was really kind of nervous at first. I didn't know how I was going to find my way, but fast forward four years later and I've had several leadership positions Yeah, and I'm here today. I would have never imagined. You're doing beautifully. Can Where are you from? I am from a little community called Elrod. It's uh, in Roland, North Carolina. Okay. Roland is between um, the North Carolina, South Carolina line. Wow. So kind of near like Dillon County. Yeah. So it's between Dillon County and Pembroke. Okay. My native family is from Red Springs, which is a small town within Robinson County. It's like, mm, I don't know. I don't want to miscalculate, but I think maybe 20 minutes. I feel like I got that wrong, but maybe 45 minutes from Lumberton. So that's where all of my native relatives stay. And so that's, and that's where I learned the most about the Lumbee tribe, our people, what we stand for and how we operate as a community. And I just think it's really great that we truly are nationwide. We're statewide, we're global, we're everywhere, um, which is really cool to me. Now, I, you said that you, are in Greek life. How has that experience been, being in Greek life? So when I first came to ECU, I knew I was going to, I wanted to be in a sorority. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, you know, which path to go. There's four different um, Greek life organization uh, routes to go. Yeah. So when I came, I was introduced to the Panhellenic community first. They were one of the first communities here at ECU to reach out, and they were willing to learn more about me mm-hmm. and they didn't see me as just another girl with brown skin and yeah. brown hair and oh let's get her she's gonna make our numbers look better yeah I was taken very seriously I was asked about different things that had happened in my life that mm-hmm. nobody had really ever sat down to take the time to get to know about yeah so I grown as a person and now I'm actually on the Panhellenic executive board. That's awesome. So I think I've kind of found my way just because of the Panhellenic community. So you feel at home? Yes. That's wonderful. And speaking of at home, I have some fantastic news for not only Native students but for all ECU students and that is 
ECU has dedicated a space, a structure to Native students here to recognize them, to honor them, and to acknowledge our ancestors, the people that came before us and their contributions to our community, to our society, to our world. And it comes just in time for Native American Heritage Month, which is all of November. Have you been to that site yet? So I actually went to the ribbon cutting ceremony and it was actually a year ago yesterday, so on the 2nd of November. And it was just a great way to kind of kick off Native American Heritage Month. Yeah. Because we have a brand new structure here that we've never had here before. Yeah. And it just recognizes the people who came before us, the people who are still here, mm-hmm. and the people that will come after us. Do you feel like a lot of people know about the Lumbee tribe? Um, I think they know of the Lumbee tribe only because of UNC Pembroke. Yeah. I get that all the time. I say, oh, yeah, I'm from Pembroke. And they're like, oh, so you're Lumbee. Yeah. But there are many different tribes that are in Robinson yeah. County such as the Tuscarora Nations. Yeah. So it just takes, you know, educating, and I feel like that's what I've done. I've educated them not only on the Lumbee people, but the Tuscarora people, because the Tuscarora people are actually the traditional custodians of the land of Greenville. Mm-hmm. And I just think that just educating them on that mm-hmm. is opening up their eyes to see that there's just more than just one set tribe. Yeah. Throughout the episode, you've mentioned how you take the time to educate your peers and your community on how it is being Native and the history of Native peoples. My question now is, what do you think are the best ways to be an ally to Native students, friends, family, loved ones? I think that there's always ways of improvement, but since I've been here, I've kind of educated my peers on where I come from, the struggles that I've gone through. Mm And I remember one of the first weeks I was here, I had someone actually walk up to me and were like, what are you? Yeah. So I was just told them, you know, I'm Native American. And I think that like social media and the media kind of portrays us as something that we're not. Yeah. But, you know, you can't bash someone because of something that they don't know. So it just takes us educating and sitting down and you have to be willing to listen and understand and support. Now, Jonica, you've been here all four years at ECU. Can you please elaborate on how you've seen ECU progress and grow and improve on diversity and inclusion and how ECU has positively impacted you when it comes to diversity and inclusion? So in my high school, we I came from a high school that was populated with maybe 98% Native Americans, mm-hmm. whether that be from the Lumbee tribe, Tuscarora tribe, mm-hmm. Halawasaponi tribe, we were all Native people, so we didn't have to worry about discrimination, anything. Mm-hmm. And coming to college, I felt, where am I going to find my place? Mm-hmm. There's not a big like Native community here. And I think it took us getting to having different events like through the Ladonia Wright Center and we also have the native space that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. I think that people kind of look at it and they're like, oh, okay. And prior to maybe my sophomore year, I never knew anything about the land acknowledgement. I just recently learned then that this is the land of the Tuscarora people. Yeah. So I think that, you know, by professors, 
giving that out at the beginning of the year. And I just feel like I'm more safe and people are now willing to listen to our story and just find out who we are. Yes, yes, I absolutely agree. Now, we are coming towards the end of our first segment of the episode. But before we go, I do want to ask, what would you say would be a suggestion, a helpful suggestion or advice to a Native scholar listening to this episode today? Um, So I know in Robinson County, we're always told we're still here. And I think if we come on this campus and we realize we're still here, this is the... This is our ancestors' wildest dreams. Yeah. You are somewhere in life to where your ancestors would have loved to have been. Yeah. And I tell myself that every single day that where I am right now is my ancestors' wildest dreams. I'm a 21-year-old female, and I just look back on my life. And I remember when my mom was 21, and she was a stay-at-home mom. She was staying home with me. And... I'm living her wildest dreams Yeah. because at 21, she didn't have the opportunities that I had. So I think that, you know, knowing that you are important, you are heard, we're here, we're in support, and we have to stand in solidarity together. And you're changing the world, too. You're changing your family's world, and you're changing the lives of other people um, just with every success that you have. And I want to tell you that I'm so inspired by you because what you're doing is is truly incredible. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we are going to discuss the movement of my culture is not your costume. If you guys don't know much about that, it is a movement that is centered around educating others about how to be respectful and to avoid cultural appropriation, especially around social events and holidays such as Halloween that has just passed and just how to how to be an ally to people of color because it is needed and it is necessary and with that we will be right back after this break and we are back I know that you missed us because we missed you now As I mentioned before, we are going to hop into discussing the movement of my my culture is not your costume. Have you heard of this movement? Yes, we actually do an event with the LWCC during the um, Halloween season. So it Mm -hmm. starts the first Wednesday in October, ends the last Wednesday in October. And it's just a way that we can get students to come in and kind of describe why they think that, you know, our culture's are not costumes yeah and there's some really good answers some answers that I wouldn't even think of now let's backtrack just a bit because I want to give you guys the audience um, a little backstory about what my culture is not a costume the campaign is I've been saying movement I guess it's pretty telling for me saying how strongly I feel about it but it is a campaign that is centered around teaching communities about cultural appropriation, how to avoid it. And it was started at Ohio State in 2011 by a student organization that goes by the name STARS. And STARS is Students Teaching About Racism in Society. Now, what exactly is cultural appropriation? Cultural appropriation is defined by the adoption, usually without acknowledgement, of cultural identity markers from subcultures or minority communities into mainstream culture by people with a relatively privileged status. 
a mouthful and a lot to take in. But like I said before, it is a necessary campaign to have. And I think it's incredible that ECU is continuing to spread this awareness and that they are evolving all their students to be a part of it. Stating that, I want to know how you felt when you were first introduced to My Culture is Not a Costume. I know my mom is actually a an American Indian Studies um, major. Well, that's what she majored in in college. So we were, me and my sister were always taught growing up, like, you know, there's certain things that you just don't do. There's certain things that you just don't say mm-hmm. about the Native culture, others' cultures, because you have no idea what they've come from and what they've endured. With my culture is not a costume, uh, how do you feel that your steps because you said you start from um three Wednesdays or the beginning of October yeah you start at the beginning of October and then the last Wednesday how do you feel as if that movement was effective for this Halloween do you feel as if it was positive positively impactful do you do you feel like you saw less Mm -hmm. to no uh costumes that were endangered of cultural appropriation I know I actually did try to look around just to kind of make sure. Yeah, because you also want to enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I really didn't, never seen anything, you know, yeah. out the way. I do. I did have to actually write up a newsletter article about my culture is not a costume, and we sent it to all 11 Panhellenic organizations here on campus. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very beneficial because it was a very, it was a breakdown, it was why we shouldn't wear this. Okay, if we can't wear it, then what's the significance behind it? And mm-hmm. I think we did a really good job on breaking that down. And a lot of chapters I know did, you know, educate their members on it, showed it up again, because who's going to, you know, check their email or yeah. read a news article? But they just, you know, they kind of, I think we've done a really good job on educating our women. Mm-hmm. And I think the LWCC did a really good job on educating the ECU community as a whole. Yeah. You... I, I feel as if it was a successful Halloween weekend, and I'm proud to, to say that we have people like you in offices, in spaces, representing and advocating for everyone and making sure that everyone feels acknowledged and cared for. So with that, we are coming to an end of our episode. I really appreciate you coming out and speaking with me. I... I had such a great time, and I feel inspired. I feel informed. I honestly feel ready to conquer the world. Before we go, Jonica, I would love to get more information on where we could find the Native Space that is located here on campus. So the Native Space is actually located at the Main Campus Student Center behind the ECU letters, which is right across the road from Arby's. Um, There's a plaque there that has a land acknowledgement And like I said earlier, it kind of just gives recognition to the Tuscarora people who are the traditional custodians of the land. And there are also, there's also a space there where it recognizes the eight state recognized tribes of North Carolina, which is very important because I'm a Lumbee and Lumbee is state recognized. We're not federally recognized. And I always feel like sometimes we're overlooked because we're not federally recognized. So I think this was an amazing way to show that ECU does really care that we are here and no matter if we're state recognized, federally recognized. Yeah, we're valued. We're all one. Yeah, they see us and it's always, it feels great to be recognized. It makes you feel like 
this human experience that we call life is even greater than it can be because we all like to feel acknowledged and perceived and seen and loved and feel and heard and stuff. So, yeah. And if you are looking for further resources on how to gain access on information or educate yourself on Native tribes or Native people or the history of Native tribes or Native people, Jonica, do you mind telling us a few of those resources? Okay. So, um... Since it's uh, November, which is Native American Heritage Month, Joyner actually has all of their Native American selections pulled out and on shelving where it's easily accessible. So you don't have to go up into the upstairs and kind of try to find it. Whether that be picture books that you can find in the Teaching Resource Center, there's also um, North Carolina documentation that shows about the different Native tribes here. I know they have a couple books on the Lumbee tribe, which is amazing. They have a book by one of my biggest inspirations there, and you can find it um, near where the Starbucks is. But other than that, I think that, you know, if you just want to listen to any Native tunes, there's always um, drumming music that you can listen to, and it's just the way that Natives kind of express who they are. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jonica, for coming on to the podcast and speaking with me. I had such a great time, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. And as I always say, the world is a much better place simply because you are in it. This has been another installment of Beyond the Lines. I'll catch you next week.